You're listening to The Invisible Blog. How to Write Good, Part 2. The Job of Writing, Resistance, and Thwarting the Blank Page. So, I want to begin this essay, as I usually do, with a bold claim. Most people who claim to have writer's block do so because they haven't actually tried to write. I'll explain. Most writers I know, or artists in general, honestly, sit down to make art when the muse hits them. When they're inspired, they play music. When they're struck, they paint. And when they want to, they write. And this is a terrible way to do anything that matters. I mean, imagine any other profession waiting until the moment was right to do their job. I mean, the steel worker, the accountant, and the shoemaker are all professions that require creativity, talent, and imagination. But imagine getting an email from your accountant on April 14th letting you know he was going through a really serious numbers block right now. The other professions don't have blocks because they learn to do their jobs like a job. As workmen, they wake up, they sit down to work, they eat lunch, they finish, they live their lives. This is how the artist, the true artist, in my opinion, must also function if art is to be your career. By most accounts, William Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet in two weeks. Now, look, nothing I ever write will be as good as Romeo and Juliet. That's the gift of Shakespeare. He's placed a lofty cap on art to take off the pressure. And Shakespeare was busy. He was an actor, a poet, a playwright, a husband, a father, a businessman, emotional breakdowns waiting in the wing to distract him. But he also had the Queen Mother expecting a play. If he didn't deliver, she would have been displeased, and her displeasure meant poverty, ruin, and possibly death. You do not have a Queen Elizabeth and probably can't get one. It's my personal opinion that accountability buddies, nano-mimo apps, and life coaches will only ever serve as temporary motivators, but you do have the motivation of displeasure, poverty, and ruin. What you need to do is learn to motivate yourself, and the way to do it, in my opinion, is simple. Set a time, set a schedule, and sit down to create. Resistance. So this term is stolen exactly from Stephen Pressword, who wrote The War of Art, so credit where credit is due. I think it's just a brilliant term for this phenomenon. But resistance is everything and anything that will try to keep you from sitting down to work that first day. I mean, picture in your mind a demon. A demon who has lived with you your entire life, who knows your every habit, your every weakness, fear, and vice, whose one and only goal is to stop you from creating. Why does he exist? Who knows? When you were seven, your teacher threw a cupcake at you and told you you'd never be a writer. You weren't hugged enough. You were hugged too much. If I knew the universal cause of self-destruction by the artist, I'd have opened with it. But trust me, that resistance, that dark doppelganger of yourself, is reading this with you and hates that you know his name. Here are some of the tricks that resistance will use to try to keep you from sitting down to the piano, keyboard, or potter's wheel. Take note. Email. Don't you have an email to answer? Remember? 
three months ago a friend emailed asking you what that vase your roommate had eight years ago was? It would be rude not to spend three or four hours on Amazon locating it and then buying everything you need for your house. Never can have too much toilet paper and Splenda, right? And maybe some cute organizers for the desk. Ones that will have a pen or a sticky note at the ready whenever you need it for the rest of your life. Oh my God, it's four in the morning. Social media. I'll admit this is a terrible one for me. As I write this, Facebook is open in a tab behind the screen, just gently blinking the number 10 at me. 10 what? 10 notifications? 10 likes? 10 friend requests? 10 comments? 10 pictures of my high school friend's baby? 10 replies to that post you made about Donald Trump? 10 replies to your reply about your reply to a reply to that post you made about Donald Trump? And after you've properly explained that the earth is round 140 characters at a time to some asshole on Twitter, you're too tired, too mad, too distracted, and too full of stimuli to write. Drugs. Okay, so in the interest of intellectual honesty, the single most creative, hardworking individual I know is always high. Always. I mean, I would trade my left nut for the drive and work ethic of this person, but I'm going to make a guess that you are not this person. You are the army of other humans in my life who smoke weed or drink and allow it to put you in slow motion who have bored me with the same dreams and ambitions for years. You want to know a secret? I mean, honest, genuine secret. I smoke pot once, maybe twice a year, max. Why? Because I'm busy writing. I I don't have four hours to be sitting around with my mouth open. Don't get me wrong. Pot and scotch can be an amazing creative stimulus. For me now, if I'm ever like stuck or jammed, can't come up with a sketch or an idea... Just one hit and a blank piece of paper, and I am cruising. But it's because I use it like a Christmas tree. Rarely. Take my biased, apologetic, and humble advice. You are not the Beatles. You're not my friend. Cut it out. You'll thank me. And the final tool of resistance, drama. This is a big one. This is Resistance's nuclear bomb, in my opinion. You, brilliant future artist that you are, are inches away from the typewriter, so he has no choice. He asks you, in your own voice, are you really happy in your relationship? Does he really love you? Resistance spies that friend having a day on Facebook, and what kind of person would you be if you didn't call and then go over there and bake them cookies and fistfight their boyfriend? I have watched friends and foes spend months on drama. There's an infinite well of it. And the more you indulge, the more you will find. If you have used the terms don't have the spoons or self-care or ask people on Facebook to send you puppy pictures or had a friend steal your phone and use it for Tinder so that you didn't have to create art, resistance is expertly manipulating you with drama. Cut it the fuck out. The blank page. Okay, so you made it. You are in front of your computer and you have no idea what to write. That's okay. Don't panic. Start writing. Seriously, just start. I'm I'm even going to help you out. Here's what you'll write in relative order. Stream of consciousness. La la la. I'm writing. My keyboard goes click, click, click. Get it out. You'll get bored eventually, but Get it on the blank page. The black letters against the white paper are useful. Leave it there. It'll make you laugh later. 
I have a post-it note on my desk that contains my favorite blank page moment. It says, dip the balloon in icy cold water is the most beautiful sentence in the world. I stand by it. A biography. Oof, here we go. Happens to the best of us. I have a file called The Wow Wow Show. Every great writer I know does. No matter what your level of luck, the eventfulness of your life, or your outlook, you will now write an absolutely tragic autobiography or sad song or paint a moody painting. The good news is some of it will be worth keeping and you'll get an excellent cry out of it. I'll tell you a secret. Everything you write is sort of an autobiography anyway. There'll be a few good moments in there, universal ideas or precepts, a funny story or two, maybe a truth about yourself that will really excellently be illustrated by the blue-faced aliens in the space opera you write next. But it had to happen here first, so forgive yourself. Other smaller additions to the blank page are ideas for projects you'll never do. I spent several hours planning a scathing atheist convention that's never going to happen once when I couldn't think of a good joke for god-awful movies, shopping lists, bad poetry, even if your intention wasn't to write poetry, and porn. The last one hasn't happened to me, but happened to quite a few friends. Save it? Get that Fifty Shades of Grey money? And now, hopefully, after all that, you have an idea. Not a novel, not an 18-book series, but an idea. J.K. Rowling writes about how Harry walked into her mind fully formed. Not every word of all the books, the arc of the story. Harry. At this point, or honestly, maybe even before, that idea has percolated. Follow it. For me, for this blog, it's usually just a line or two. For this essay, it was the list of things you'll write before you write the first line. Everything else just fell in. Let it fall in. We make a lot of jokes on my show about spelling and grammar, but don't check your spelling or grammar. Don't think of the perfect phrase or idea or moment. Just vomit words onto your page. Editing is for tomorrow or the next day or, in my case, someone else. But get the art that is and only can be yours out of your head. Do it until you literally can't anymore. Don't stop to eat or sleep if the flow is going the first time. Give yourself the runner's high and hell with the consequences. Tomorrow, you can be exhausted. Tomorrow, you can be wounded, sore, and dry of art and emotion. That's when you can check your spelling and start all over again. Hey guys, thanks for listening. A huge thanks to my wife Anna for editing this and Morgan Clark for making the music. If you enjoyed this and you want to support the blog, please consider signing up at patreon.com forward slash Eli Bosnick. Got some really cool stuff planned for patrons in the coming month, especially the higher level ones. And if you already are a patron, please stay tuned after the music for an extra essay, My Two Elizabeths.